Session 29 of the Law of One and the final stretch on the creative principles of the universe. Let's begin. So far, we've gotten into the concepts of intelligent infinity, intelligent energy, the creative principles of free will, love and light, which creates love light and light love, which is the universe and so on. Uh, we've also gotten into the logos and the sub logos, and we have gotten into the octaves. So this is all the foundation of the creative principles or what um, what's behind the physical creation that we know and even the metaphysical creation that we don't know much because we're still under a veil in this third density planet so what uh, what we have as a foundation on session 27 and 28 is kind of important of course to follow up on this one so if you haven't watched those two sessions I highly 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 recommend you go and watch those because it's gonna make much more sense of this. In any case, if you haven't watched uh, the previous sessions, then you should probably go watch all of them. But uh, just for this material itself, in this part of book two, it's important to have session 27 and 28. So session 29, I wasn't sure if I was gonna make uh, two parts or not. Uh, it probably it's going to happen. I'm gonna to try to cover as much as possible and within the context of the material that is given because as you can see in this session, Don actually stopped asking questions about cosmology and the creation of the universe and it went into crystals. So I might make a separate video on that and we're probably just gonna go onto gravity which is the final topic that they talk about within this, um, this line of question that Don had. So. Um, like I said, as I'm recording this, I'm not sure how far I'm going to get, but let's see. Let's have fun uh, and let's start with the first question that Don had in this session where he says, Is our sun, this planetary system as we know it, a sub-logos or the physical manifestation of a sub-logos? If you've watched the other videos, you know that this is correct, as Ross says. Don continues and says, then I'm assuming the sub-logos created this planetary system in all of its densities. Is this correct? Ra says, this is incorrect. The sub-logos of your solar entity differentiated some experiential components within the patterns of intelligent energy set in motion by the logos, which created the basic conditions and vibratory rates consistent throughout your, what you have called, major galaxy. So. A lot of these first questions that we're going to cover are uh, very short in answers and the questions themselves. And um, but there's some stuff to take out of this. And this is the fit, the, the first pause that I can make. First of all, I'm not sure why Don. Uh, maybe as as a preface to this other question, but I think it was already established that the logos or the sub logos is or the sun is a sub logos of um, the galactic logos so what matters is the question that don asks uh, about this sub logos or the sun creating uh, the whole octave here and it's not so this is a, a thing i mean it is 
but it's not. And what Ra is differentiating here, as they said, is that um, the sun actually differentiated some experiential components within the patterns of intelligent energy that was set in motion by the Logos. So the Logos being the galactic Logos uh, created certain patterns. And like I said in the past video, the sub-Logos or the stars, as we call them, I know there's even when we get into this, and this is why Ra had this confusion or it was created this confusion with the galaxies. Each sub-logos has the potential to create many, many more star systems, as we know it. So the sun is capable of creating more stars in that way. Uh, but in any case, the sun itself has differentiated some patterns of the galactic logos to create. Like I said in the previous video, and I didn't finish, was that there is like the playground. There is a playground of, uh, of kids that you can go and play in. And you know you can you can arrange the the little uh, uh, toys and uh, and fields and just the areas themselves and the uh, the bars and the slides and all this stuff. You can arrange them as much as you want, uh, but you, you're not going to be able to add or change anything or add or sub uh, or subtract anything. You can change. So that's what the sun did. Um, it's, it's not much to, to go into this. It's just that the sun didn't create this, this whole octave. It differentiated patterns into which this, this uh, solar system could have an experience, let's put it that way. So that's what Ra is, is kind of clarifying there. So Don says, then is this sub-logos, which is our sun, the same sub-logos, but just manifesting in different parts through the galaxy, which is, is it all the stars in this galaxy? Uh, this was a poorly, um, I, I shouldn't have included this, but I just put it in. Uh, Ra says right away, and I don't even know why it went to my face. Um, it says, please restate. So what Don was asking is, what I'm saying is, there are roughly 250 billion stars or suns, something like ours in this major galaxy. Are they all part of the same sub-logos? And Ra says, they are all part of the same logos. Your solar system, as you would call it, is a manifestation somewhat and slightly different due to the presence of a sub-logos. So um, it seems like not all the stars have a sub-logos, um, which is a sort of mind that is differentiating the patterns that would set in motion by the logos. Um, and I'm not quite sure in this one, I'll get back to you on, on that because um, there is some other stuff that's going to be discussed in further sessions where it seems to be like there, there are parts of the galaxy that dwell in a state which is not quite a logos or stars or um, this, this kind of logos forming, but they are, they're not a logos yet. So I don't want to get into that. The point is that uh, the question that, that Don asked, and I need to make a clarification myself too. Uh, Don said, what I'm saying, okay, it, Don wanted to know if everything in the galaxy was created by the same logos. And the answer is that yes, um, this, is, this is all part of the same. See, Don didn't ask the question maybe uh, correctly, and that's why Ra responded this way. Because he said, are they all part of the same sub-logos? All the stars and suns. 
they're not they're part of the same logos like Ra said and our solar system is a manifestation slightly different due to the presence of a sub logos so that's why it's if you read it carefully it says Don saying all the 250 billion stars something like ours meaning stars right if they are all part of the same sub logos and that's where it gets kind of you know it's like two questions in one or two parts of a question that makes it kind of difficult to understand all the stars okay they're not logos it seems or not sub logos and I think that's what maybe Don wanted to ask if they're all part of the same sub logos meaning that they are all sub logos of the logos I don't know it's hard to tell what Don wanted to say but Ra is saying again they are all part of the same logos the galactic logos is one nothing else changes every star is a manifestation of that logos however not all stars seem to be sub logos and this is where i derive that because they say your solar system is a manifestation slightly different due to the presence of a sub logos so there is a presence of a sub logos in our star um maybe the stars are just physical intelligent energy if you will there um, but the sub logos is what's differentiating it to create say the planets so we can have an experience um, within the context of everything we have discussed this kind of makes sense because the whole universe is manifesting itself but it's not having an experience as we know in all the densities like we are right now so it's almost like in our limited view of science we're trying to see if there is life like us <laughs> in the in the galaxy or in the universe and we still can find it because we, we we're still trying to see it in a very specific way but there is life and in the same way you know or there are sub logos in every star there is the potential but maybe there is not yet maybe we when we go up in the octaves we can go and star a logos there are you gonna be with me there <laughs> probably because we're all one here so maybe you know that that's just one of the things that's just one of the things that i like to imagine and visualize or fantasize rather that eventually we will become uh one with a system that can create our own logos and we can make our own creation just moving the patterns that the main logos um, create in the galaxy but anyhow i think it's enough uh daydreaming here one clarification that i wanted to make i think i just remember that the playground i it was an example or an analogy that i use in my spanish um video same version if you don't know i make the same video in spanish for my other channel so i think i didn't i think it was the ice cream that i mentioned in the last video so uh, anyhow um, the way I describe it was that there is uh, the galactic logos is like a playground, you know, with specific tools and things to do and play around. And the sub logos are grabbing the same, you know, it's like a sandbox and just making their own thing. If you play video games, this makes a lot of sense, and you don't have to go through the whole analogy, but it's it's kind of what the sub logos does. Anyhow, let's get uh, into the material itself. Enough talking. All right, Don says, now, 
all of these, let me be sure I'm right then. <laughs> then our sun is a sub-logos of the logos that is the major galactic logos, correct? And this we already know, Rasus is correct. Uh, Don continues and says, are there any sub-sub-logos that are found in our planetary system that are sub to our sun? This is a really good question. Ra says, this is correct. And if you have followed my spoilers, you know what Ra is going to say here. And Don asks, would you tell me what one of those, would you give me an example of one of those I'll call sub-sub-logos? And Ra says, one example is your mind-body-spirit complex. <laughs> How cool is that? Uh, we are sub-sub-logos of the galactic logos. So remember, the galactic logos, the sun is a sub-logos, we are a sub-sub-logos. Now that we touch in on the aspect that being a logos is not something that it seems to be common, not all the stars seem, again, this is my speculation, uh, that not every star has a sub-logos there, the presence of a sub-logos. We can see even more our uh, importance. Importance seems to evoke this hierarchy type of thing, but it's not. It's more our, our gift of being aware. That's what I would say. We are aware energy and energy within the creation away from an intelligent infinity in its unity. And this is huge because our creative ability is infinite. So us being a sub-sub-logos means that we have that potential to eventually become one with, uh, with unity and differentiate some patterns for us to make our own creation. So for people who say, you know, what's the point in going into unity? Well, I don't know. Again, daydreaming. This is a very, very plausible idea that we can create this. And I mean, it just in the most humble aspect. Uh, and again, I, using humble is not, it's not because daydreaming about this makes you bloat your ego in any case I mean you're just reuniting with oneness to do it again essentially <laughs> we're going to create the same patterns of suffering and so on because we finally understand what this this whole creation is about and even beyond the densities that we know um, meaning third density four fifth fifth and sixth so it's a, it's a humbling thing to know that you are that part and um, I don't know, I guess I can, I can derail a lot into talking about the potential that we have as, as spiritual beings in this path of knowing that we are, this is another way of saying, you know, you are uh, a God, you are an expression of God and it's just differentiating its way, you know, through the different patterns that were established by this sub-logo. So, whew, so much to say there. But in any case, we are a sub-sub-logos. And remember that we are the planet, so it's not like we are going to ascend and leave the planet just like Mario leaves Joshi in those uh, terrible um, videos <laughs> and just leave him to death. We are the planet. So I don't know how that's going to play out, but it's just fun to think about it. All right, so 
Don says, then every entity that exists would be some type of sub or sub sub logos. Is this correct? And Ra says, this is correct down to the limits of any observation for the entire creation is alive. And this is important because um, everything is alive in the sense that everything is looking for its way up in the densities of consciousness. So when people say rocks are alive, and by this point you should know already what it means, it means that there is a consciousness moving that rock. Um, again, one of my favorite uh, philosophers, if not my favorite philosopher, Alan Watts, used to say that uh, when he used to ring a bell and say, this is consciousness. What you're listening to is consciousness. It's just that it's a very basic form of consciousness. It's just vibration. You think about it. I mean, all you're seeing here or sensing is vibration. I am vibration. What you're listening through your speakers or your headphones is vibration of air, sound. The images that are being transmitted to your eye through the screen that you're watching, monitor, whatever it may be, are vibrations of lights. Everything that you sense is a vibration. Taste is a vibration. Smells are a vibration. And even physical stuff is vibration. So it is just that we are a little bit more complex in the way that we perceive vibration. Energy moves in vibration. So that is why everything is alive in that sense and is just seeking ever more the awareness that is making itself. As we went through the past couple of sessions, we uh, discerned that first density takes a long time to realize itself, to realize as uh, the first entities of first density, which are the four elements, water, earth, air, and fire. It takes a while for it to say, Ooh, okay, this is happening. This is a pattern. I'm moving this pattern. And now it's time to make more things out of ourselves. And from there, it just keeps moving in that spiraling energy that is just the seeking of the creator. And we are just one more tier in the realization of self. And that's why this is the crucial point in third density because now we become self-aware meaning that we can think about thinking and that is our biggest problem too because we can now think about thinking about thinking <laughs> and that's where anxiety kicks in and all of our dilemmas in life but the point is that the creation is alive and um, yeah it's not that we are you know sub 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 logos is just that you know, everything is alive in that sense and it's seeking the same thing. So once intelligent energy is manifested and it's differentiated like we are in this octave, then everything is alive and it's seeking itself, which is oneness, which we are all looking for. So I hope that makes sense. And that little tour I gave you on the creation based on the past couple of sessions that we did, hopefully everything's making sense all right don says then the planet which we walk upon 
here would be some form of sub-sub logos. Is this correct? And Ra says, a planetary entity is so named only as logos if it is working in a harmonic fashion with entities or mind-body complexes upon its surface or within its electromagnetic field. And here we have a distinction to make about planets being uh, sub-logos or sub-sub-logos. Terms don't really help to, uh, just like previously we said, the whole creation is alive, so then why make sub-sub-logos? I mean, we're trying to name things, and naming is a problem, because naming is just symbols that we create uh, to differentiate things. But they're not the thing themselves. So to say that is a tree, you know, apart from me, it's taken away that the tree needs you to differentiate itself and you need the tree to differentiate yourself from the tree. So basic things that our brain just process so quick are not taken into consideration because we use terms to differentiate things, to separate them and to see, to perceive. But we're getting into the same type of trouble here of saying that the planetary entity uh, can be named as logos, again, named as logos, if it's working in harmonic fashion with entities or mind-body complexes. Now, why mind-body complexes upon its surface? Because it has already uh, gotten into the point of uh, creating plants and animals, and those animals are aware. They're not aware of themselves, but they are aware. And that awareness is the same awareness of the planet, knowing itself, experiencing itself. And um, we're gonna get into a better description of this, but that's the first step. And within its electromagnetic field, because everything is part of a harmony within the planet itself in the way it manifests in its electromagnetic field. So that's, that's important to know too. Uh, but yeah, that is, that is what we can call logos because now it can, as it becomes aware, then it can start differentiating itself and from that differentiation is where the logos comes in. Remember, the sub-logos becomes able to create an octave or differentiate an octave as it differentiates itself. So that's important to keep in mind too. All right. So the next question, uh, Don says, okay, do the sub-logos, such as our sun, do any of them in our major galaxy, do they have a metaphysical polarity, shall we say, positive or negative, as we have seen using the term? And now, Ra says, as you use the term, this is not so. Entities through the level of planetary have the, have the strength of intelligent infinity through the use of free will, going through the actions of beingness. The polarity is not thusly, as you understand polarity, it is not when the planet it is only when the planetary sphere begins harmonically interacting with mind-body complexes and more specifically mind-body-spirit complexes that planetary spheres take on distortions due to the thought complexes of entities interacting with the planetary entity the creation of the one infant creator does not have the polarity you speak of okay so um so don is asking if there is a polarity on the sub logos itself so if there is a negative, say, sub-logos and a positive sub-logos, it's a very good question to ask. And that gives us the idea that um, polarity in and of itself, as we term it, negative and positive, only exists in between 
uh, as we have said, density number two and number six, second density and sixth density. That is where experience is actually happening. Experience in the animal and plant kingdom in our planet and all the way to higher self, Atman in Hinduism. And uh, experience is happening there. And for that, it needs polarity, both physical and metaphysical. So the Logos itself does not have polarity. Now, why does first density doesn't have polarity? Because first density is trying to differentiate itself. It's trying to become aware of itself that exists. And before that, and this is why in the last video, I don't have the board anymore <laughs> with, the, um, with the pictures or, or the illustrations, but this is why first density uh, kind of, it's like the, the two points of the circle that coalesce together, first density and seventh density of the octave. And that it it works, or it's uh, it's almost like the octave itself, because first density is not differentiated, and seventh density isn't either. So those two are sort of like one and the same, just that one is going one way, and the other one is coming this way. In in if you want to see it that way, spherically as well, uh, probably better to depict it as a circle, <laughs> so we can see the line as we go through all the densities of consciousness back into the same oneness. So that's why um, Ra is saying, and now it makes more sense when they say, it is only when the planetary sphere begins harmonically interacting with mind-body complexes, second density and more specific, especially mind-body-spirit complexes, us, because we are more aware of ourselves and the environment, and we have polarity now. We have differentiation in that sense, but the one infinite creator does not have the polarity you speak of. Of course, that is intelligent infinity, where there is, there is no dualism, and polarity is dualistic in nature, so just can happen so i hope that makes sense now that we see you know like i said you know this is why it's so nice that we have the background of session 27 and 28 because you can see that in the creation from the abstract when the first densities started forming there is no awareness there it's becoming aware yes but it's not fully aware it becomes aware of itself at the end of realization in first density which starts becoming second density and that's where the polarity of creation starts and we have this whole drama the cosmic drama that we know in hinduism as well so next question don says thank you yesterday you stated that planets in first density are in a timeless state we talked about this to begin with can you tell me how the effect we appreciate as time comes into being really really good question don so ra says we have just described to you the state of beingness of each Logos. The process by which space-time comes into continuum, form is, into continuum form is a function of the careful building, shall we say, of an entire or whole plan of vibratory rates, densities, and potentials. When this plan has coalesced in the thought complexes of love, then the physical manifestations begin to appear. This first manifestation stage being awareness or consciousness. Okay, so there's a little bit more. Uh, just want to make a, a pause here. Um, so it's good that we made that um, that illustration with the circle of beingness, 
coming from first density all the way to seventh, um, because they say, you know, um, everything. So let's read it again. We have just described to you the state of beingness of each logos. That is the logos differentiating all the patterns of uh, vibrations and, and patterns, vibrations and rotations in, in all the potentials. So the process by which space-time comes into continuum form, meaning this physical reality, is a function of careful building of an entire or whole plan of vibratory race densities and potentials. Because of that uh, matrix, perfect word actually, that matrix that is created, then that is which creates time. That is uh, the, the illusion of time is created in that sense because now we go into the experience. When this plan has coalesced in the thought complexes of love, again, uh, this is the creative principles in the logos creating the octave, then the physical manifestations begin to appear. This first manifestation stage being awareness or consciousness. First density. First density is awareness or consciousness. So that is the first manifestation and that is what brings about the whole of the creation within the, like I said, the cosmic drama of polarity and differentiating ourselves from others and so on back to unity. So that is how time comes about. It, it only, if I can put it, I guess, in a more practical way is like, if there is nothing to experience, then there is no time because there is no frame of reference. If unity is all that exists, then there is no way to say uh, time, time is a reference point. You don't have a reference in unity. So as the creation coalesces out of uh, the creative principles and into manifestation, meaning that there is illusion, you need to have a physical illusion to create time. You need to have space to create time and you need to have time for space to be <laughs> that way. So uh, time, again, is an illusion, but so it's space and it's all part of that bundle between second density and sixth density. First density, it's timelessness. Seventh density is timelessness as well. And while the two are connected, it's two different approaches. One is coming and the other one is going. Kind of in an illusory way because the time, <laughs> the, the coming, the incoming and outgoing, it's actually illusory because it's going through a matrix that is an illusion. <laughs> oh my God, I love this. I hope that makes sense. So, Ra says and finishes at that at the point at which this coalesces, uh, this coalescence is at the livingness or beingness point, the point or fountainhead or beginning. Space time then begins to enroll its scroll of livingness. Okay, <laughs> I guess I got ahead of myself with this part, but this is yeah, this is the see at the point at which this coalescence, meaning that uh, this awareness of self, this livingness or beingness point, the point or fountainhead of, or of beginning space-time then begins to unroll its scroll of livingness. And again, I want to emphasize the word illusion. This is all an illusion. Ra is an illusion. Everything is an illusion. From the standpoint or the background of intelligent infinity, the creator, everything here is an illusion. And it's all the purpose to have an experience. So when people say, because this is one of the traps of awakening, well, everything is an illusion, so might as well just meh. Nothing really matters. To the contrary, everything matters. Because as you know that everything is an illusion, you can have fun. 
It's almost like buying a video game and you say, ah, this is all an illusion. It doesn't exist. So you just throw away the uh, your your controller and just say, I'm just gonna stare at the screen. <laughs> you can't do that. I mean, you're here. You have to play. Now you can play more. Oh, it's an illusion. Nothing's gonna happen to me, even though I'm gonna I'm gonna have emotions. So um, you know, just keep that in mind that. Even though it's an illusion, it doesn't mean that it's it's useless or it's pointless. I mean, you are being moved by an intelligent force, and you can just just try sitting down and doing nothing. It's impossible. <laughs> so, might as well just enjoy it. And the point is to have an experience, not to reach a you know a specific point in life, not to get a degree on something. And you know, I'm not uh, undermining degrees or anything, but just putting too much. Uh, energy into it into living you know for that or anything having you know something everything is an experience whatever it is it's just telling you something about yourself so anyhow let's go into the next question don says as the love creates the vibration i will make this statement first let me say i believe that love creates the vibration in space-time in order to form the photon is this correct ra says this is essentially correct then Don says, then the continued application of love, I will assume this is directed by a sub-logos or a sub-sub-logos. This continued application of love creates rotations of these vibrations, which are the discrete units of angular velocity. This then creates chemical elements in our physical illusion. And I will assume the elements in the other, or what we would call non-physical or other densities in the illusion. Is this correct? Ra says, the Logos creates all densities. Your question was unclear. However, we shall state, the Logos does create both the space-time densities and the accompanying time-space densities. Accompanying. I don't know if I pronounced that right. My accent gets in the way. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, all right, so Don is trying to get into, once again, see, he's going all over the place with all the information he's gotten from the previous sessions, which makes a lot of sense. and. I mean, I would love to ask even more questions to Ra. And I can see why, why Don was fumbling, you know, with the, with the questions that he wanted to ask. But what he's saying is that if the love, the love, um, love was what created, the, it's like I said, the filtering, uh, I like to call it filter. They don't say filter, but just for me, it's the filtering point between intelligent infinity and intelligent energy that creates the patterns. It's almost like, you know, the... Uh, the vibrations than everything and vibration is not even a good word it's just patterns yes the patterns of infinite potential in intelligent energy so love is creating that and don wants to know if yeah if it if it creates all the physical stuff that we see here not only physical as chemical elements but non-physical like metaphysical uh, patterns of energy so fourth density for example has a specific rate of vibratory um, uh, frequencies and the same with fifth density and sixth density. So all of the patterns on the illusion of the octave, are they created by uh, the same sub-logos or logos? And, and Ra carefully again says, the logos creates all densities. Sub-logos just differentiates them again. Back to the playground, just move things around for it to have a different playground, even though it's the same things, but maybe the slide goes up not down you know or sideways or you know there's a swing that goes into the slide who knows i don't know get creative there that's what the sub logos do so 
This is what Rai is saying, like, mm, yeah, I'm not sure what you wanted to say, but I want to say, we want to say, that this is um, the creation of the logos, everything. Okay, so Don says again, what I'm assuming is that the rotations, the quantized incremental rotations of the vibrations, show up as the material of these densities. Is this correct? And yes, this is essentially correct. Nothing to explain there. That's been beating a dead horse there. So Don says, well, then because of these rotations, there is an inward motion of these particles, which is opposite the direction of space-time progression. The way I understand it, and this inward progression then is seen by us as what we call gravity. Is this correct? Ron says, this is incorrect. And Don says, can you tell me how the gravity comes about? Ra explains, this that you speak of as gravity may be seen as the pressing towards the inner light love, the seeking towards the spiral line of light, which progresses towards the creator. This is a manifestation of a spiritual event or our condition of livingness. Now, this can get very esoteric and um, very weird. Gravity, as we know in our science, is you know this force that is keeping everything uh, together here, you know, on Earth. And in fact, uh, one of the unifying sciences says that we have only uh, electromagnetic um, energy or fields or attraction, electromagnetic attraction. And then there is gravity. Those are the two forces that exist. And uh, what we call weak force and strong force and whatever other names we want to call them in uh, uh, quantum physics, it's kind of like complicated even more things. Uh, Larson actually, Dewey Larson explained this uh, beautifully in terms of motion. Like I said, and I've said in previous uh, videos, I am not familiar at all with his physics, but he did explain it in a much simpler way just by um, visualizing or actually proving the, uh, the high possibility of a time space, which we now know in the law of one material, if you obviously you know believe in this stuff that it is real and it explains everything it explains all those things that we cannot explain in fact just saying i mean dark matter and dark energy is completely explained by this many of the issues that we have and i think i want to make this parenthesis here because there is there is this uh refusal of conventional science to accept uh, metaphysics because they cannot prove it with, with physical stuff. And it's almost, this is really, I mean, I don't know how, um, if there is any uh, hardcore scientist, or just the idea, if this could be materialized, how can a scientist in this way, with this limited way of thinking, can then prove love? How do they get married? How do they, you know, feel sincere love? That cannot be proven. There is no way to prove it. We know that. It's a feeling. It's it's just something that you know. Love is love. So, and this is why you know our Western uh, poetry and and philosophy has gotten in such trouble with love. Trying to explain what love is, well, it can't. You know, just like metaphysics cannot be explained in physical terms. It doesn't make any sense. So, all of this can be understood this way. And gravity again. This is the the clash that we see. <laughs> within um, within Don because Don 
was very interested in metaphysics, but he also wanted to explain uh, gravity in in uh, in the physical term and how these two interacted. And Ra is saying it pretty simple: gravity is just the attraction of the the inward uh, inner um, the inner pressing. What do they say? Uh, gravity may be seen as the pressing towards the inner love, light love. So mass or matter is trying to get together. That's looking for unity, right? And it's the same idea with us. Now we can see this with the uh, conventional science lens because it's going to strip away metaphysics. And you can do it that way and it explains everything. It does, you know, it's, it's, it's very useful. I'm not, you know, bashing on, on uh, the intellectual side of, uh, of, I mean, I was a scientist for over 20 something years, no metaphysics at all. So, I mean, I know the power of science in that regard, but I also know the incapacities that come with it as we try to understand the metaphysical, which I could never understand until I got into the law of one and now everything makes sense to me, at least to me. It's a subjective thing. So, in any case, gravity is this, um, this inner seeking that we have as conscious matter and consciousness as well, that inner seeking of the creator. And it's the, um, see, there are very important terms that they use here when they say, seeking towards the spiral line of light and light love, inner light love. Now there is a different, just like we said in, and this comes in handy perfectly. First density is seeking itself, right? First density is going through the illusion through love light to light love. So love light is that inner pull or push, whatever way you want to see it. It's the, the force that is moving love light into light love. So when they say pressing towards the inner light love, again, there's no up and down in this. It's just, it's like a 3D shape of us looking inwards. And that light love is what we're going for. When you meditate, you don't meditate on the out, outer world. You don't, I mean, that would be contemplation if you want to. But when you, you're told, go inside, go inside yourself, that is light love. You're going in there. That's where you're going. It's an inward motion. So that's where they're saying gravity is a, it's a phenomenon of that, of that seeking. And the whole creation is seeking itself. That's why we have gravity. So now we're going to see, I hope this makes sense. If not, please leave me a comment and I'll try to phrase it in different words. Sometimes I have a hard time just explaining these things as I see them, but uh, that's just how it is. It's manifestation. This is a manifestation or phenomenon of the spiritual event or condition of livingness. See, like you're, you're living, you know, you're, your whole livingness, beingness, no matter how uh, much of a nihilist you might be, you're still seeking that. And... It's um, it's unavoidable. Anyhow, philosophy on the side. Uh, Don keeps pressing and says, now gravity, we know now on our moon is less than it is upon our planet here. Is there a metaphysical principle behind this that you could explain? And Ra says, the metaphysical and physical are inseparable. Thus that of which you speak, which attempts to explain this phenomenon, is able to, shall we say, calculate the gravitational force of most objects due to the various physical aspects such as what you know as of as mass. However, 
we felt it was necessary to indicate the corresponding and equally important metaphysical, metaphysical nature of gravity. Again, you know, Ra is saying, yes, there is gravity as you know it is, you know, it's a function of mass, but we need to differentiate or um, mention the metaphysical, uh, say, influence on it. It's important to mention. I mean, you want to know the metaphysical side of this to know why gravity exists. Gravity, as we know it, is perfectly fine. I mean, this is why, this is why I love about metaphysics in the way it's done. You know, at least within the Confederation and the Law of One, because it doesn't, it doesn't invalidate anything outside. You know, or say within conventional science. Conventional science is just seen as a very limited way to perceive the universe. Um, that's why we keep seeking, say, uh, our life in another planet. Why can't you just be content with, you know, life being, you know, there's life everywhere, you know, every, anything that is moving is living. So, same thing with other aspects. Like, we cannot make, say for sure this or that, or just because we can see it, you know, it's, it's very limiting. So, Ra is pulling that again and saying, you know, you know, it's true mass and all that stuff yes it does we can calculate and so on but it's important to remember the metaphysical you know side so Don says and rightfully he says I sometimes have difficulty in getting you might say a foothold into what I'm looking for in trying to seek out the metaphysical principles you might say behind our physical illusion could you give me an example of the amount of gravity in the third density conditions at the surface of the planet Venus would it be greater or less than Earth? And Ra says, the gravity, shall we say, the attractive force, which we also describe as the pressing outward force towards the Creator, is greater spiritually upon the entity you call Venus, due to the greater degree of success, shall we say, at seeking the Creator. Once again, it's see how Ra is pulling into the metaphysics again, because that is why there is um, there is a greater force there. This point only becomes important when you consider that when all of creation in its infinity has reached a spiritual gravitational mass of sufficient nature, the entire creation infinitely coalesces, the light seeking and finding its source, and thusly ending the creation and beginning a new creation, much as you consider the black hole, as you call it, with its conditions of infinitely great mass at the zero point from which no light may be seen, as it has been absorbed. This is really, really cool, because we started with Venus as having a higher or greater gravitational force, and we now got into black holes. And I love that Ra is saying, like, in a way, you know, it's trying to pull <laughs> Don uh, out of, you know, the physical aspect and trying to bring about why gravity exists and what's its purpose. So the black hole, as you can, uh, you can see here, is the ending of the creation because light seeking light already found itself. So there is no more seeking. There is no more experience. All the creation coalesced into itself, and that's why we have a black hole. A black hole, as you know, has no emission of light. We, in the physical 3D, see it that way. We see it like, oh, there's no light coming out of it, and all the light that goes into it 
it just goes woohoo you know <laughs> we're just going right into the octave uh right into the infinite intelligent infinity right there so yes that that black hole is just a self-realization of the universe it's a part of the universe that has self-realized itself and it and the, the creation starting a new one now they don't explain how it exactly starts a new one uh we can go wild here with, with ideas but that is what the black hole is and again you know this is coming from what gravity is gravity is seeking itself and eventually that's you know how it ends so don says keeps going then the black hole would be a point am i correct in saying it would be a point at which the environmental material had succeeded in united with unity or the creator is this correct and ra says the black hole which manifests third density is the physical complex manifestation of the spiritual or metaphysical state this is correct really really good so don says thank you then when our planet here our planet earth here gets fully into fourth density will there be greater gravity ra says there will be greater spiritual gravity thus causing a denser illusion and then Don says, this dense revolution, then, I will assume, would increase the gravitational acceleration above the measure 32.2 feet per second squared that we now uh, experience. Is this correct for my meter uh, friends out there in the world and not here in the US? That would be the 9.8 meter uh, per second, if I remember my physics correct of gravity. Ross says, your entities do not have the instrumentation to measure spiritual gravity, but only to observe a few of its extreme manifestations. Um, I'm just going to keep reading the rest. Redon says, This I know, that we can measure spiritual gravity, but I was just wondering if the physical manifest, uh, the physical effect would be measurable as an increase in the gravitational constant. That was my question. And Ra says, The increase measurable by existing... The increased measurable by existing instrumentation would and will be statistical in nature only and not significant. So I'm going to just compact all these questions that Don had about gravity. So Don just wanted to know if as we progress in densities, um, would this increase the gravity on the planets? And again, this is just it's a very scientific question. And, you know, it's a good question, but you can see how Ra was, you know, kind of not getting into it, it seems irrelevant you know why why would that be important uh yes there is a, a very slight increase in gravity as we know it it seems um but nothing significant nothing uh, nothing really important and that's due to i guess the pressing of uh the the densities as they they exist and again if you see it that way, if you see that, let's say, if you see it from the space-time only, without time-space, no metaphysics, and we see, you know, we want to know if more densities, you know, of consciousness are around the planet, would they also impress greater gravity here? Would we experience more gravity? And Ra is saying, like, yeah, you know, probably a little bit, you know, or yes, a little bit, but insignificantly but if we see it from the metaphysical side and see that gravity of course is just this seeking of the material itself and we um, 
if third density exists, it doesn't matter if fourth or fifth density or the seeking becomes greater. It's it's very small, you know, because it, it really depends on on the matter itself, on the being itself, and its physical aspect. Whether it be you know third density, fourth density, fifth density, the experience is going to be you know different from from the density standpoint. So um, that's why Ra says, you know, it can be um, in one of them. They said it can only be perceived. And I, I want to read the question before I make up make things up, but. Ross says, uh, we can only see the, uh, observe a few of his extreme manifestations, meaning the extreme manifestations, definitely a black hole, um, that I can think of. And I would think also, which is again, a black hole being the end of it. And the first density trying to make like that planet on the other side of the sun, wherever it may be, um, realizing itself, that may be another extreme. But I'm not sure how gravity, um, I think, if I remember correctly from that session, um, and I would, I would have to look it up, but I think in that session, they said that, yes, they said that there is a, that planet is, has an influence to skew numbers slightly, just slightly, on our physics uh, instrumentation. Again, that planet is being first density, whereas a black hole is coalesced itself. You can, you can call it a whole octave, uh, compressed in and of itself. And, you know, those two are extreme manifestations. So we can see, we can observe a few of those extreme manifestations. So, I don't know. Uh, in any case, it just it's futile to continue to follow, you know, the, the idea of how this affects, you know, gravity. Uh, gravity in our in our way and in our experience so that's it that's all I'm gonna cover for this video we had enough time uh, the next video is going to be about uh, crystal um, crystal use and finally another question about uh, astronomy so it's gonna be it's gonna be fine it's gonna be a shorter video I'm sure or not who knows I speak a lot so <laughs> this is all I got and let's see conclusions so, so far, this is really important. Now that we've gotten through the whole material, uh, and like I said, you know, next next video is not going to be as heavy, you know, in terms of this this abstract and um, creative principles that we're talking about here, and how everything is created and uh, differentiated within the creation itself or the universe. And we're we can we can actually conclude here everything that we have talked about. I've said it a couple of times that I don't think. This is important stuff for us to continue growing as the actual beings that we are. I mean, it's it's a nice trip outside. It's almost like, you know, those psychedelic trips that are fantastic. DMT trips that are really fantastic. Nothing against them. But you don't get much of healing or work to balance your, your energy centers as you would probably do, you know, with other... Uh, plant medicine and again nothing against DMT in it's um, when I'm talking about smoke DMT which is the real one that uh, it's devoid from from any of those and they do have potentials I'm not well I don't want to make this a psychedelic you know video but the point is that when we get into this trips of the universe and how we're creating everything it's a really useful one see 
just like a DMT trip could be, it's very useful to open your eyes, to expand your awareness, to expand your consciousness. However, we have to say that it's not very conducive to the work that we need to do here, which really is healing. When we talk about healing my soul, healing my soul means balancing your three chakras right here and balancing actually uh, unblocking or uh, disentangling the uh, your three energy centers at the bottom so you can have more energy going to the heart which is the creator itself this is where you want to be this is where you want I don't have the image already <laughs> anymore there but this is where you want the prana to meet inner light right here this is where everything radiates and you start shining this is where you want to be and this material it's helpful but it's not conducive to that. So if anything, you know, use this to expand your consciousness, your awareness, that we come from oneness and we're going to oneness. So everything that you see, every event, every situation, every person, every planet, every animal, every object is part of the one creation, seeking itself. So when you deal with other, with material, animals, plants, people, or even angels, if you talk to them, or any other higher density being, whichever name you want to call them, all of them are you. They're not higher or lower than you. All of them are you trying to realize themselves, just like you are trying to realize yourself. And this is the point of creation. The whole purpose of the illusory experience that I said between second and sixth density is to have an experience. There is no right or wrong, it's just experience. And the experience, He's telling you something about yourself and you already know who you are. You just need to realize it. <laughs> so that's all I got. Um, I wish I could give you more stuff in this. I'm sure, you know, we've gone through this, the sessions uh, pretty well, you know, in terms of practical stuff we can take out. But this is all I got for this session. Um, like I said, next one is going to be more about crystal uh, use and some other stuff about astronomy before we go into session 30 where we're going to start talking about more different stuff. There's still there's just going to be, you know, some cosmology here, here and there, but there's going to be mixed with other stuff that is more like the material we had in the past. So we're going to be in more of that familiar territory. Until then, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate that. Almost an hour today and many hours that we still have left with this raw material. If you haven't, please subscribe share most importantly share with somebody that may care and uh, like of course hit the notification bell thing that just creates more algorithm for this to reach more people in youtube and i don't know hopefully they need it and they resonate with it so that's it that's all i got until next one session 28 part two